0: Plus minus. Oh, Tim Kawakami deserves all the credit. Plus minus. That is a word right there. <laughs> <laughs> I I what it said. It What'd it you say? Fluff. Per- 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 Plus minus. Yeah, like like Marcus Thompson. Marcus always tells the truth. Plus minus. The only thing that I would say to Ethan Strauss is that he's a pretty damn good reporter. Um, he's well minded. I think you got the highest plus minus in the season in the All right. Warriors plus minus is back. We've got the whole crew. Uh, we got the boss man, Tim Kawakami. We got author of Victory Machine, Ethan Strauss. I still have not gotten a copy of the book. It's, it's nearby, not going to happen.
1: <laughs> it's not going to happen anytime soon. I just emailed The publisher and apparently the shelter-in-place order out there in New York City uh, has created quite the complication uh, as as far as the books being shipped out. But don't worry, folks. April 14th, you can get your own copies on Kindle, The Victory Machine. It's a quarantine dream, folks. When can I get the audio version? That's the one I want. I want to hear hear you reading it. Yeah, I got the reading in right before all the stuff got shut down. So, yeah, you can hear, hey, if this voice, if you're listening right now, and you think, wow, this is just the most beautiful voice I've ever heard in my life. If only I, I don't could get, hear more of it. That might I don't, be don't
0: get enough takes for an audiobook. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we don't
2: usually get enough Ethan takes, so right, that's, <laughs> that's what I mean. If this goes on much longer, we'll just have Ethan read chapters. You know what? We should each take turns reading chapters on this show. I mean, yeah, we should. In, in, in Ethan's voice. In Ethan's voice.
1: Uh, I don't think I'm very imitable. I don't think any of us on this call are. You know, there are colleagues of ours, there are other people in our industry, Raymond Ritter most famously, who's quite yes, imitable. Yes. I don't think I'm in that category. Maybe one of you out there listening can do an imitation of one of us. I'd like to hear it. But I don't think we have I don't think we have those voices. The
0: other voice you hear, the fourth voice, is Anthony Slater, uh, who is I'm gonna call this a permanent member of Warriors Plus Minus now, or you just are you just uh, renting our content?
3: I'd say the duration is uh, up in the air, uncertain, like everything else in the world right now. I mean, it'll go on as long as it kind of has to go on. But I-, I need content right now, Marcus, and you're taping it, and I could steal it.
0: Yeah, let's do it. I mean, you're 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 welcome. You're you're welcome any day. I wanted to start this podcast by recognizing the great Nipsey Hustle. Do y'all remember the moment when? Uh, you know, he was, you know, tragically murdered a year ago. This is officially Nip Day. And one of the moments from that that happening actually happened in Oracle Arena. Y'all remember that? When uh, they played the song and the Warriors started dancing during warm-ups. And, you know, I think it was Durant who broke the news to Steph on the sideline. It's, it's interesting how that whole thing was kind of connected to the I don't Warriors think I was that
2: there line. that night. I don't think I was there that night, yeah. No.
0: I remember how it rippled through Oracle. Like the team
1: was really,
3: really like distraught about it. I do remember that.
1: I mostly remember Nipsey Hussle blaring at that Warriors practice where Kerr wanted the music turned down and Draymond wanted the music turned up. That's that's my yeah. main memory of the aftermath of all of that.
0: Well there's a famous scene that, that kinda went viral after it happened where Kevin Durant like he was shot and people didn't know what happened and Kevin Durant broke the news to Steph on the court that he died, and Steph puts his hands on his head. He's like, he's losing it. Then they played the a song, and then the whole Warriors bench is dancing, and it became like a moment. Anyway, shout out Nipsey Also, On to more controversial takes. Uh, <laughs> Tiger King? Are we going to talk about Tiger King? Are we going to presume this? We might as well just get it in now, right? Because we were talking about it before the you,
1: you Okay, okay. I,
3: I did mention I, it to, I, to people last week to watch, so I guess that – wraps it i mean
1: everyone's watching it and let's face it there's only so much basketball to discuss and you had a blazing hot take before we started recording and now i'm teased the marcus take i, I want to hear it in full tk have you seen
2: it. it i have not seen it I'm, I'm saving it i'm saving it but go ahead you what guys are you saving it for I got I've been watching some other stuff next, but I I am now pandemic, ready for it. Believe me I am ready like, yeah. he Hey no we got some we, we got some time to go We got some time to go He's here.
3: saving it for April we we might be indoors a little bit in
2: April Yes yes so yeah. I'm going to watch it I am absolutely going to watch it but I I kind of been putting it off cuz I want to watch it all in a row when I know I've got a ton of time to watch it How many episodes is it like what, seven. You, right? seven Seven, yeah okay I'll, I'll watch it all in a row I'll, marcus I is
3: about it. to have a take and he probably I only think, watched I two episodes think, I,
0: no i watched the whole thing it was it was definitely captivating right and there, it was it was jarring i just didn't think it was good i thought it was it was kind those of first awful, two those kind of first
3: awful. two d- describers those first two words you use would typically make something yeah.
0: good I mean, you're yeah. captivated by somebody getting their head sawed off. That don't mean it's good to no. watch. I mean, it, I don't think it people are captivated by that. I don't it think cap- people are captivated nah, it, by that. It captures your attention, which is what captivating means.
3: Very okay. interesting, mm-hmm. unique humans, uh,
0: in like the deep I think study it, I of think them. It was are predatory. I think it was predatory. I think, especially at some point as the show developed, it became clear that this was a mockery, and people. Are standing by idly while people are just completely getting hurt, and it's just weird a to mockery. watch that. It's weird to watch it of 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 the people. It's mm. like, a, hey, let's look at how weird these people are, and that's why everybody's into it.
2: Yeah, that's my question. Is it like totally set up for these people to look bad, and they look basically or it they, yes, they, yes. Or they Did they come to it and think there was a real story here, and they just happen to naturally look bad?
1: I don't think they look bad, per se. They're impressive in a way. I mean, these are some crazy entrepreneurs. I mean, look, morally, I I cannot defend any of what they're doing. They're cult leaders. They're completely insane. But I'm impressed with the empires that they built with uh, a lot of know-how. Some of them didn't have any kind of fancy education, and they became millionaires in this insane subculture I, I didn't. I didn't come away just saying, "Oh my God, these people are idiots." I I, I came away thinking they're crazy, but not that they're fools.
3: They they were lawless for sure, uh, which is Joe Exotic's downfall a little bit. He just like particularly like uh, like you know get how many times he got sued and everything. He seemed to like not understand like that realm and like copyright issues and a lot of different things beyond that. But Ethan's correct in the sense of like. I think if Joe Exotic probably looked back on his life, he's like, "Wow, I was more successful than I probably should have been."
1: Yeah, if Joe Exotic was born in you know decent circumstances, he'd how be running a fo- Fortune 500. How do you 500. this
0: alleged success he reached?
1: Money? Um,
0: fame? He didn't have
1: any. <laughs> he, I mean, look, he had Shaquille <laughs> yeah, O'Neal driving to Linwood, Oklahoma. Winewood, uh, come on. Winnawood. Winnawood. I apologize. Oh, so fame.
0: Fame is success, then, is what we're saying. Well, he had, he he had Shaquille O'Neal driving
1: right. to an area of the country that I don't even know how to pronounce um, just in between Dallas and OKC out there to come visit him. I mean, that's a measure of success.
0: Assets are money. He didn't have nothing, but it wasn't like, like if he opened a liquor store, how much better would he been off? Like, are, we saying somebody who, are we saying anybody who owns a store is a C, achieve success I, sure i guess if you own a small business yeah all right in that in that way he was successful but he's literally preying on 19 year old methods like, yeah insane like why? yeah i mean i mean look i get it it's captivating like me and my wife watched it she was riveted i texted slater like this is wild but when you really think about it it's like what are we watching and tk to ask your question i don't think the people who directed it set out to, like, you know, hold these people up as a mockery. I think they just found an interesting character. Actually, I think the story is they were doing a piece on snakes and came across them. Hmm. But I think the people in the film think they're about to blow up. (laughs) Like, oh, the world's about to see how amazing I am.
3: Well, that was what was partly funny was how much Joe Exotic wanted to, right? Remember he had his own documenter out there because he was like, this is going to be great. I mean, it ended up the document, the original documenter, Who all of his tapes were like flamed uh, in a warehouse fire. Lost all of his footage. But yes, I mean, it was a lot. Some of it was shameless. Some of it was Joe Exotic trying to be that character. And what's crazy is now he's finally, you know, I guess discovered the fame he wanted, even though he's behind bars right now.
1: Um, but I don't know. I think a peek into a wild underworld that we didn't know about. That it's the most American thing too. It's just so excess and I mean kind of pioneering spirit and for everything good and everything really 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 bad about it I thought it's no surprise that we see Shaq in there Shaq feels like I mean Shaq feels like a, I was thinking about it to bring it back to basketball Shaq feels like a major American figure that he's somebody where he is one of our he is one of our national exports you know he's he's somebody where he can talk to anybody everybody knows who he is uh even beyond other athletes we consider as famous, and I mean, I remember I was watching back in college the finals between the Heat and the Mavericks, and um, there was a, a friend of mine. His friend from Siberia was visiting. She didn't know anything about sports at all, and she had just arrived there. But she knew who Shaq was, and he, he can talk to anybody. Military kid, so lived everywhere, and it's no surprise to me that you see Shaq at the underground private. Zoo, a big cat enclosure of Joe Exotics in what's the city again, Anthony? What's the city again?
0: winnowood
3: Winwood, but you know where it moved? You know where the zoo apparently moved? Where Thackerville? You know what? You know where Thackerville? Is it actually there?
0: Did it make it?
3: I don't honestly. I don't know. I've been out of the state for four years now,
0: but Thackerville is at the border. Oh, of texas I I will say this, like you know. I'll amend my take this way. At the end of this, I felt far more sad and like like it wasn't like a oh man, that was great. It was like a wow, like this is jacked up. <laughs> like mm-hmm. this is like this is not good. So in the sense that it was riveting enough for me to watch after like episode four I was like, Okay, this is just getting ridiculous mm-hmm. but we stuck it out but <laughs>
3: But it's a true story. That's what, like, it's oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. A- authentic in that sense. Like, it's, yes, they're kind of shameless for their fame a little bit, but, like, it's authentically told. And, like, the interviews, like, don't feel, like, made up or, like, embellished.
1: No, it's, it's fascinating. And to bring it back to perhaps a place where we can bring TK back into the conversation, Marcus, are you looking forward to the Jordan Bulls documentary as a palate cleanser? Are you hyped up for it? Are you hoping it washes away whatever ill feelings you have about Tiger King?
0: <laughs> nah, I'm good. First off, that's like what three weeks away. No, oh. <laughs> I have plenty of palate cleansers. Uh, it's not, you know, I can't wait for the Jordan documentary. Like that, that that would have happened regardless. I would be on pins and needles no matter what, waiting for that. Uh, I'm just trying to inform TK that, hey, you know, you walking in. You walk in this is a weird territory when you watch this thing. I, I got a feeling. Like I, I I haven't
2: watched it, but I got a feeling I'm gonna have a lot of Marcus's opinion about this. There's a
0: literal suicide. Like, what do we talk about? somebody? Somebody killed themselves over this mess. Yeah, and we're yeah. and we're acting like this is like this great. But like, no, this is trap. This is crazy.
1: A guy probably got fed to fed to uh, the tigers,
0: literally. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so they're like, oh, this is amazing. Like, they're feeding people the tigers. Like, I mean, I'm with you though. Like, I, Slater, this thing, the characters of this thing. I was I was watching it late. I wanted to text you the whole time, and I don't know if you was a late al, but I was just amazed. Like, yo, these, this is nuts. This is, this is. This is insane.
1: Is there? I, I, I wanted to bring it back to basketball to get TK in on it, but I just want. Is there anybody out there who thinks Carol Gaskin is innocent and she didn't kill her husband? Does that person exist?
0: Yeah, Carol Gaskin's husband. The <laughs> online the online
3: world is quite convinced uh, that she needs to be investigated. I actually saw some headlines. They, yeah, they,
0: they they reached out. Or they're the reopening feds, the cold case. Was side. like, yeah, we're looking for leads. <laughs> we, we good luck, luck finding you. that it's crazy, it's crazy. <laughs> All right, uh, uh, TK are you going to be in the Bulls documentary
2: I don't think so I don't think I was interviewed and you never know on this stuff because ESPN sits you down years ago and they just start asking you stuff and you might end up on I mean I've ended up on stuff I didn't know I was going to be on just because they start hey what do you think about Jerry West what do you think about this so there might be some old footage of me but I didn't, certainly didn't sit down new for this
1: Tk uh, will be in the the Laker documentary that they yeah, make. Yeah, uh, much
2: more, much more, yeah, much more Lakers <laughs> would be much more Lakers. So I don't think I'm in it. I'm just. a boxing documentary. That's I'm all over that. Those they're, they're all because they just sit you down and go, okay, what do you know about Sugar Ray Leonard? Okay, what you think about Oscar De La Hoya? Okay, what you think about Holofield Bo, I mean, you just start rallying off stuff and you end up in all these different things, but. This one, I think I'm just curious. Get, I think you should get Mark Jackson
0: on the pod and talk boxing. <laughs> yeah, mm. he do that. He might do
2: that. Uh, I'm just fascinated because you got all these people back talking. Can you know now, Phil Jackson? I want to hear from Phil about this. We know his books have been. Those were the ones that were the biggest behind the scenes stuff about the Bulls and the Lakers. I want to hear what Michael says now. I want to hear what Obama says now. I want to hear what Kerr says now. Uh, that's I'm not like the old footage is great and. All those memories are great. I want to hear what these guys are saying now they're in their sixties. That's why I want to watch every single episode of that one. And I will not be behind on that one. That one I will watch when it goes off.
1: I'm a little concerned, I said in another podcast, I'm a little concerned that maybe they did things because they could versus because they should, to use the Jeff Goldblum and Jurassic Park line. Just when I see the incredible roster that the trailer is bragging about where you see Obama sitting down, you see Justin Timberlake sitting down, and I'm starting to think it's to like, myself...
0: Why, why is Timberlake in this
1: thing? Yeah, and maybe <laughs> we're wrong. You know, Maybe Justin Timberlake will have some just incredible story that we couldn't have possibly seen coming, but it, it it almost seems like we had the hottest documentary in town and we could invite all the celebrities to talk to us, so now we're just getting everybody as, as opposed chance- to... Yeah,
3: ten parts could, could have been seven. Ten parts could have been oh, yeah. six. Oh, yeah. Where we're at the end, like okay, there was a they could have definitely sliced some. But again, it's gonna end up going at a perfect time for them in the sense of like you know if it's three parts longer, oh well, what else are we gonna be doing on an April weekend right now? Watching yeah. live.
2: All the yes. outtakes, the outtakes would do great ratings. I mean, this thing, this is going to be. Oh, this is going to be a ratings monster. Yeah.
3: It's gonna as long as it doesn't go up against the NFL draft. That's like yeah, the only other
0: thing like mattering in the sports world coming up. Yeah, I'll tell you what, boy. Victory Machine came out in perfect time. You got what five days to read it. I, I, I mean, to...
1: hey, thank God it's thank God it's not the longest book. But I'll tell you, I'll tell you what, I think it's good if people are having some nostalgia for great basketball. And as much as we're going to inject the Jordan documentary into our veins, I mean, that's going to be Sunday night. You're going to watch that. And then the rest of the week, you're going to, you're going to want something. So yeah, I hope, I hope, you know, that's an interesting question right now. It seems like the temperature of the fan, ah, probably I shouldn't say temperature, but the mood of the fan, if we're taking it, yes. as we've seen so far, there's some love of nostalgia, but it seems like a lot of fans out there they want to focus on the future as though everything is fine still. They want to look ahead to free agency to the draft. NFL free agency, for instance, uh, got a lot of attention. I don't know if that condition is going to change, but that seems to be the mood right now. So, I definitely so you're agree that
0: boomers it. will go nuts over over the Jordan documentary, but
1: I know I think everybody it's gonna be look, we're gonna watch it because what else are people gonna do? And there's an intense amount of interest in it. But I, I think there's something happening right now where if I'm just looking at our feedback and our comments there, a lot of sports fans, they want to keep on as though sports are going to keep on. And that is where a lot of the focus is rather than let's go into the, let's go with the nostalgia. I think there are some, you know, a lot of we and look, there's an audience for it who likes hearing us talk about games from, um you know, that, that great uh, Steph hitting the shot against OKC game. But it's just something I've noticed where I don't know if we want to call it denial. I don't know if we want to call it uh, just wanting a piece of relief, but I see more forward focus from the fans than backward focus right now.
2: Totally agree. I mean, we're all going to do nostalgia. We've done it, uh, but and and there's going to be some great stuff on nostalgia and there's going to be gr- things that people really want to read, but I'm the way I'm know, I'm looking at the numbers. I'm looking at the social media. I'm looking at the stories that do well. It's I think fans are looking at this as like a long off-season for every sport, but it's still an off-season. It's not like, let's go back and look 30 years. They want to know, what, what do fans think about in the off-season? They think about trades and drafts and roster changes and free agency. And, man, that's the stuff that that fans are eating up right now. And I understand it. Like it, It's safer to think of this as an off-season for all teams instead of, this might be, uh, you know, you might not have sports for a very long time. They just want to think about this as, okay, this is what I think about when the Warriors are in the offseason. I think about the draft and I think about this. This isn't that, but they, they are approaching it that way. And the stories that sort of trend towards that are the ones that are doing the best. Well, it allows them to
3: like fast forward their minds to win yes. the nightmares over.
2: Slight uh, normalcy, and,
3: slight amount of normalcy to it, and you're at Oracle Park or Chase Center or wherever, or at a college football game. Like when Kirk Street even nudged the possibility that college football might not be played in oh, the fall. Like yeah. it was like shutters. a furor in yeah. uh, social media yep. because it's like, though no, I will be at the Alabama LSU game." Well, that, November. that
1: well that that one's scary because look, nobody actually knows what's going to happen right? It's, it's really hard to, to predict these things. The virus is in control, and we're looking for anybody who says any kind of prediction, just because you're looking for some sort of information. And obviously, Herbstreit isn't an epidemiologist, but there is a sense that that's a guy who's probably talking to the people who have to make the big decisions. And that's why it's scary. That's why it sent shutters through Bristol and through college football loving America. Uh, if he's raising that possibility, you can probably guess it's not a it's not a false possibility.
3: No, but then when you wrap it back to what we're talking about, then if you just start talking about free agency in the draft, like your mind just kind of gets back and, okay, it, we will get back to normal. Like that's at least a thought. I mean, we can discuss if that is likely or not.
1: I mean, I, I don't know. Right now, people are talking about the NBA. Vegas is a possibility. I certainly know a particular guy who would love to pull it off. I mean, I don't, you know, who, who might I be talking who could about? The, who could
0: that I'll be? I wonder. Huh? Yeah,
1: yeah. Who could it be? But I think anybody talking about it needs to be talking about it with an immense amount of gravity and respect for the situation. Um, insofar as I've seen it bandied about, it's just like I'm not dismissing the possibility. I could see it happening. I would be very entertained. If it goes off without a hitch, I would want to watch it. But some of the people talking about it are just so glib about it. They're so glib about it all. And, oh, it's hotter in Vegas. Oh, and you could lock this down, dude. Bada bing, bada boom. And, you know, I'm like seeing Clay Travis is talking about, and if a player gets sick with corona, just keep the tournament going. And it's just, dude, do you realize that this, this ripped through New York City and killed over a 1,000 people in a few days? This is not a joke this is something that uh if if a player gets sick with it it's shut down and it's not your choice it's the feds doing it it's not the nba's authority anymore so i guess that's all i'd say about it It, i'm not dismissing it as a possibility i'm just saying that i would trust that it will go well more so if the people behind it who are really um you know, who are really supporting and talking about it are doing so with a lot of seriousness and not a lot of, oh, everything's going to be fine, hop on the Titanic.
0: Do you think the people who would actually decide whether or not this happens, not the people who are in support of it, but the people who are deciding it aren't taking this with with gravity? Here's looking at you. I I think
1: some of the Pollyanna-ishness from the owners uh, makes me feel that way. I mean, I get it. A lot of them are po- positive thinking people. They want to speak things into you know, existence. It's, business. it's about the business, yeah. too, obviously. And it's about the business, and they want to calm people down. They want to change the narrative. So right. I understand why, but I also think there it, it needs to be tempered a bit. It needs to come with, look, we know this is a really serious, really grave situation. We only want to do this because we want to be able to change things and get things moving because eventually we're going to have to change the story and we're going to have to get things moving and we're going to do everything possible in to get it moving in that direction. But it just, it just can't be as glib as it's been is all I'm saying. Yeah,
2: I'll just say that. I mean, obviously it's a terrible situation. People are dying, but you, you, if you're an owner or a general manager of a team, you don't just say, forget about it. I mean, you do try to make plans. Your your job is to do this. Now, it doesn't mean you're going to do it the quickest way possible. It doesn't mean you're going to do it the third quickest way possible. But I get you can't just sit around and just say, well, we're done and we'll never, you know, you have to make some of these plans. Some of them are going to get leaked. Some of them are going to look silly. Some of them are going to look irresponsible. That doesn't mean you're doing them. I understand when teams and owners and commissioners are saying, you know what, like, we can have a draft. Now, I, you're going to get criticized for it but you can have a draft, you can have free agency. This is your business, this is how you operate. And at some point people do want to have a little bit of it uh, or, or a lot of it, but you can't just say, you know what, let's just not make sure we don't criticize and not do it. You do what you can and you do what's rational, you do what's reasonable. And some of it's gonna look a little bit too much, but I- I'm okay with treading that line for these owners because this it's who they are, it's what their businesses are. And it's how they make
0: money. I understand where they're coming from because I have to do it every day. We have to approach this situation with the utmost gravity, but I can't let that feeling just be all in my house. Like I got a twelve-year-old mm-hmm. daughter, and who doesn't know why she can't go outside and play, or why she can't go to school? And I can't just terrify her like, "Yo, there's death on the other side of the door," right? Like I, I kind of have to make this feel like as normal life as possible even though she can't go outside right even though she can't do half the things she can't do she wants to play volleyball so like i understand that straddling of the line of trying to like understand the gravity but project everything is fine you know what i'm saying i don't know about if that should be done from a business perspective i'd probably handle it that way but that's That feels like my life. Like, hey, we're going to do this. We're going to have fun. And, yo, did you wash your
2: hands?
0: (laughs) 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 You know, like everything is is so serious and it's so grave that if, you know, we're what, a few weeks into this? What's going to happen in two months of just constant tension and panic? At some point, you kind of got to, you do have to think positively in order to just survive the thing.
3: Also, there's so many hours per day now. To just contemplate stuff you know we think about different ways to do our job i mean like these are like a lot of the the stuff that was taking up their hours per day which is you know meeting with people obviously going to games different stuff like that that's taken away so um you know you kind of have to just sit there and and make these plans and you know it there's a chance all of this like prep that we're talking or, or theories or what could happen it's all like, two months from now, I was like, well, that was kind of a waste of time to even think about that. There's not even a chance. But, I mean, what else are they going to do right now?
0: Slater, you've been doing the State of the Warriors three parts in. From just doing that and looking at it from a bird's eye view, when they go into next season, whenever that is, like, how how well are they set up or not well set up?
3: Um, I, You know, I think they're set up to, to be a legitimate at least four, five seed in the West, you know, with the... I think the the biggest lesson from that is how settled the roster actually is. You know, we can talk about these big uh, names, you know, that could come this summer and like, oh, yeah, the $17.2 million trade exception. Whoever you're going to get with that is probably uh, an overpriced, decent rotation piece. Yes, the draft pick is, is very important for the future. But, I mean, what's the maximum the draft pick, if everyone's healthy, would be playing next year? Like, you know, 18 minutes a night off the bench probably if if you even get an immediate contributor. So um, the team we know is kind of the players you already know, you know, what's their best five men grouping maybe. I mean, obviously Steph, Clay, Andrew Wiggins. Those are three high minute guys right there. Draymond in one of the big man spots, whether it's at center or four, uh, but let's say he's at the four, then it's Marquis Chris or Looney. If he's healthy at the five, Eric Paschal off the bench is going to be probably a 20 plus minute per night guy. Like the, major chess pieces are really kind of already in place so as much as this is such a summer of reconstruction it's kind of not we kind of know what this team is we just don't know how that they play together we don't know how wiggins fits we don't know how clay will look we don't know if draymond is the old draymond or what version we're getting but we at least know the name
0: let's pause for a moment to do some good in the world we at the athletic are determined to support local small businesses during this pandemic which is Fastly becoming a financial crisis for so many people. So we're going to do our part. And that's no different with Warriors Plus Minus. So we're going to give some free ad spaces to local businesses. And the first one is one of my favorites, uh, Oaklandish. If you follow the Warriors, you follow Oakland sports. If you just into the town like that, maybe you're from the town, and you visited, and you love the town, then you already know what I'm talking about. So hit up Oaklandish.com because they are still shipping, still operating. So if you're from Oakland and... You're not in Oakland right now, but you want to feel some Oakland love? Go to oaklandish.com and you'll get free shipping on all U.S. orders. If you know somebody who's from Oakland, but they're not at home and maybe they're missing home, do something good for them. Order them some gear and send it to them because it's free shipping. Oaklandish is open for all online orders. Free shipping again. And you'll be supporting an institution. And I will say, this is one of these places, these local businesses that's in the community, does a lot of good in the community, supports nonprofits, supports schools. Like, they out here for the people. So it's our turn to make sure we give it back. And you know what I'm saying? It's town business. And this is what the town do. We support the town. So shout outs to Oaklandish. Go support them. Oaklandish.com. Online orders wide open. Shipping is free. Did you guys watch that video Bob is zero Bob Myers posted on YouTube. So it was I thirty-three minutes and I did not and I did not go in for thirty-three minutes, but I did see it.
2: Because you sent it to me, by the way.
0: Yeah, uh there are 1, eleven hundred views for comments. What does this mean? Nobody cares to hear what Bob Myers has to say?
3: I wasn't even aware that of its existence yeah. and, and I would normally
2: be pretty curious
3: they sent this out
0: that, to season so. ticket holders well that, there's your answer that's how i found
2: it yeah Man, you know what it's not it's probably again if something was big on it we would have heard probably yeah. and it probably wasn't the most uh dynamic conversation not not, not making any judgments <laughs> on that but uh you know if it really was incredible we would have it would have bopped around social media a little bit and i I listened to, like, three minutes of it, and I decided that I didn't have to listen to all of it. Sorry, everybody. You listened to three?
0: That's pretty good. Yeah,
2: maybe three. Maybe how three.
0: Ethan, how much did Ethan listen to? It's probably zero. Oh,
1: I saw Fitz, and I, I checked out of that. Oh, whoa, and... oh, oh, <laughs> whoa. Oh, 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 oh. oh,
0: it just made me wonder. <laughs> like... No, know,
1: Fitz is a very nice guy. It's just I, I didn't need to see... Here's the thing with Fitz. Capable play-by-play guy. I don't know if I necessarily need to see him calming down season ticket holders. It was interesting. I saw Bob talk. I, I, I made about, I got through two minutes of it ah. just because it's interesting seeing Bob talk and he was talking about, you know, could, he was talking about Mike Dunleavy uh, yeah. telling him about, hey, could you imagine this? If somebody telling you this would happen a few months ago, this is unbelievable and we're all dealing with how unbelievable it is. And my main takeaway is that, man, Bob and Mike Dunleavy Jr. are yeah. like this. They are. They, they are. are they, I mean, no know, Mike Dunleavy that he's, that
2: he's is yeah, that's his guy. No, that's
3: question. his guy. They spent uh, free agency together in New York last year. You know, that's yep. who Bob was with during uh, the. Re- we, we talk about reconstruction of the roster. He was with them when they pulled the, the um, trigger on the D'Angelo Russell move, which yep. altered everything. Yeah, Dunleavy is
0: is quickly
2: becoming like a like
3: like. One how does that happen? Guys.
0: Why Dunleavy? Like, how did, What's the origins of this? Whereas, I
1: I think I know why. Yeah,
0: Bob was Bob was his agent. Bob was his agent. Yeah, Bob was the agent of a lot of people. <laughs> yeah <laughs> well, they
3: became friends that way. You asked where
2: the origin is. I mean that's is where DeAndre the origin- Jordan going to be the net in there too? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think it's Ready, more than going? that though. I
1: think it's that Bob has only had so much hiring power um versus what other g m s have and this happened to be a guy Bob hired, and because of that, he's very important to Bob, and that that partially explains it. but it does seem a little out of nowhere because people come and go in the organization and there's something so strange about uh, suddenly suddenly Mike Dunleavy Jr. out of nowhere has this uh, has this spot.
0: It's very clear that like this is Myers' guy, right? I don't know if it was Schlank per se, but ever since Shank left, they haven't filled that role until he got Mike Dunleavy I don't even think he's number two, but it's very clear that Myers is like, okay, out of all these guys, Mike Dunleavy's my guy. That's definitely
2: the guy that that seems to be around Bob the most, that Bob listens to a lot. I think Dunleavy's going to be huge on this draft pick. Huge on this draft pick.
0: Why? Where? Where did this come from? Like, is I, what did he prove?
1: Right? What did you he,
0: pick, I don't even know how you pick GMs. Well, anyway, this is like. this
1: is why basketball ops guys are so miserable. It's because it's so vague as to who's good at what, and that's why they all call one another frauds when you talk to them. As Asher would agree.
3: Mike Dunleavy spent last the previous season as uh, scouting the East Coast. He would scout the East Coast NBA games, but also he did some college. He went to Villanova practices. He knew a young Eric Paschal, if you want to give him ah. maybe a small bit of credit for some stuff. Um, but he, he's been, he's been creeping towards this the last two seasons it isn't just a hey he showed up on the doorstep this year like he was very much in the organization that, that
1: that's the before. thing you don't know how they earned credibility maybe he was saying if we pick jordan Poole, this will be the biggest mistake i am not standing behind this decision and maybe that's what earned him capital in the future i,
2: I think the point though I mean, is one that bob needed somebody that he could talk to a lot like sometimes i mean we all know there's something i think bob feels like he's had all this responsibility, this dynasty, Durant, Draymond, all these things, and you know he didn't really have that guy that he could just lean on to be his like sounding board. You know they've all they all were at at some point, but it kind of you have Jerry go and Jerry really wasn't that guy, and you have Schlank go and Travis was you know not quite that, and I think Bob was looking for something like that. And yeah. Dunleavy's smart and Dunleavy had the playing experience. And Dunleavy's been criticized, and you know, something just fits with those two guys. There's no, I mean, Bob quotes him more than I've heard Bob quote anybody. <clears throat> like, oh, then Dunleavy told me. And remember, that's who he said when they traded Robinson and Burks. Like, oh, yeah, Dunleavy made the point that, hey, they're sad to leave this losing team. That means something.
3: They're very good friends,
0: which. Yep matters right i mean like you know how the business works that's a big part of the job right yeah. it's just being able to work with people you can work with yeah yep. Like.
2: And, tr- and and trust and trust and and we'll see how these decisions go but I, I think he just fits the mentality that that myers wants in that office or wants on the phone or however much they you know however they
0: communicate i'm just saying five years ago ten years ago for sure can you imagine saying, yo, Mike Dunleavy is going to be the yep. central figure of the Warriors? <laughs> yeah, it's wild. It's wild. Yeah, I mean,
3: Zaza, Zaza up in the front office,
2: too.
0: Yep. Yep.
1: A lot of fans cannot wait to blame Dunleavy, by the way, oh, for bruh. things taking turn. They
0: cannot. Speaking of blame, uh, <laughs> TK, your uh, yep. list. That was quite the list, TK. <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah. You
0: know what? There's a lot
2: of guys, and There's people I left out of it who you could easily put in there. I just didn't want to go. Over every single one of them. But like when you've got the worst trade in NBA history, to start with a guy who hated the coach, George Carl, and the guy who, you know, in Joe Barry Carroll, number one overall, you just it, it, got so many different ways to go. Todd Fuller taken ahead of Kobe Bryant. There's just so many parts of Warriors history that I think everybody understands or kind of knows about it. But just to go over a list of them, pretty amazing Corey mcgetty just like oh on and on anthony randolph on and on and on and on uh, and who was your nominee marcus when i asked you steve Kerr. Yep. i mean you know even in a dynasty there's a love-hate relationship with some of these figures especially people, with the coach. Man, people going in on steve Kerr. <laughs> people just go in
3: on coaches i mean that's yeah, just, it's sports. just like true. it's just
2: it's yep. just what it is but i was like i was noting like it's not on the bad ones like who cares about Dave Cowens or Brian Winters or Keith Smart or whatever? But Don Nelson, Mark Jackson, and Steve Kerr, the three playoff coaches, you get you get so much hot and cold on both of them. Maybe that's just true of anywhere, but well, there's, really when, there's stakes, when
3: there's stakes. When there's stakes, people you know how many times do you know people are just
2: gonna keep referencing the Verizau uh yeah. Festus Azili move? Yep, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And and there's a few others. That meant something. You're right. And if whatever some bad coach does, who cares? Because it's meaningless. Uh, but it is fascinating just to go through all these. And there's, you know, I'll do another list of the guys who are untouchable in Warriors history. You know, who my number one is, like guys who are just not just because of their play, but because of a lot of other factors that Warriors fans will never criticize. Uh, his name is Thompson. No, yeah, it's not Marcus either. Clay Thompson. Ah. I think you know, he's like the number one. <laughs> in the history of the franchise of a guy and he's going to go to the hall of fame probably i think he steph and draymond are all going so the play is a big part of this and the 60 points and the 37 in the, you know in a quarter but i just think his vibe his persona through this is going to have hold him up as the most like if you take Steph out of this as the most like cherished warriors personality in the history of this franchise I I don't know that it's close. There's a few others. I think Jason Richardson would be in there. Alvin Adams for sure, obviously.
3: But I think it's Clay. I'm curious how fans work though. What if Clay comes back next year and, understandably, first year post ACL just struggles a little bit? Like,
2: do the fans react yeah. to that? Like, yeah, I think they'd be very forgiving for at least a season. But you know, it'd have to be really, really struggling for, I think, for Warriors fans to take it out on Clay. They Might be frustrated with it, but I don't think they're going to take it out on Clay. And you know, it also depend on how he responds, but I just can't see a Warrior fan base turning on Clay Thompson, and, and, or at, and even close, or, or just not loving Clay. We've seen it this season. You know he's not been around the team very much. He shows up for a game and the fans go crazy. It's Clay Thompson.
3: He does it, it, stuff that isn't even funny. That people act like is
2: yeah, just absolutely. Hilarious. It's that deadpan. It's that you know whatever we talk about, it it's Clay, China Clay. All these different things have just kind of accumulated. And for a season where he has not played and wasn't around the team very much, what are people talking to talk about Clay Thompson? It's uh. It's a unique situation. Again, Curry is a separate category himself. But when you go through this and you list like the people who are most beloved as as people, Warriors people, I don't think you're going to top him.
0: So was Kohan the easy number one choice? Yeah,
2: I couldn't. Yeah. I mean, I could have written the whole thing on Cohan. I, I just can't. There's nothing that's ever going to top him. I think he's the worst owner in Bay Area history by a lot. And I just think that I, I was going to write about a ton of stuff with him. There's all these corrupt corrosive things that he was involved with but the fact that he sold for 450 million he thought he got this great deal because it was the top price ever in in nba franchise selling history and then what seven years later 10 years later they're worth 4.2 billion dollars and it's just like even what he thought he was good at the valuing even you know like he was like a strip strip it down for parts and to sell it for its max value and and get the hell out of town, even that he failed, on a maybe the most massive way, of, of on top of all the other failing, on top of all the apathy.
3: What would they be valued at today if he was still around? Because obviously, like he would get a boost in just like the fact that every NBA franchise has jumped in value, but he probably they probably wouldn't be in Chase Center. No, it would not be
2: Chase. They would not have championships. You know that he had Steph Curry.
3: Steph so Curry they-
0: wouldn't be
2: here this long. <laughs> yeah, he would. Steph would have been. Would have left. Remember, also. Steph
0: didn't want to be drafted by the Warriors. So. Absolutely, and at uh, some point when it was time to get paid two hundred million dollars, there was no way Cohen was paying that.
2: Yeah, all all that, and it would have been some twisted thing. He versus Monte. Uh, Actually, Cohen
0: would have paid. He doled out some money, but it just wouldn't. I don't know. and yeah, it wouldn't work. work. It wouldn't
2: work. It, it, they would be probably worth what's. Yeah, you know, what are the you know. Uh, I wouldn't even say the Kings. Kings have a new arena, but you know, just, what are, if maybe they'd wanna...
3: be worth like what two billion because like people just were are like maybe that's a gem we could uncover and you know, yeah, build well, a the San same,
2: Francisco yeah, yeah, arena in the same style. way that yeah, that that Lake had paid for Lake and McGuber paid four fifty. Like we could make this into a four billion dollar team, but it wasn't because of anything Chris Cohan did, and it just it was the utter inability to act like people halfway want an owner to act like. To be responsive, to feel like he cares about winning, to feel like he's connected to the players, to feel like he's connected to the coaching. That was all never there. And 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 step by step by step by step by step, he he turned this into the worst franchise in the NBA right there with the Clippers. And look what look what was there. Like he didn't know what this could be or he didn't care. And Lacob and Goober deserve credit for maximizing it, no question. But it was there. I mean, if if Mark Mastroff had bought them or Ellison bought them, I think you might not have seen the titles. Who knows? But you would have seen something like this because the fandom was there. The demographics were there. This region was ready for it. And Cohan just never felt that, never touched that, never understood it. And, and I think that was the great failure of that, of that ownership.
3: I was surprised, maybe because uh, you know, lack of me not being around for, uh, besides the past half decade, that Andres Bedrins was the headline photo of this. Well, story. That,
2: I yeah, we, we'd only uh, I will say that, that I wanted to pick a quirky photo, and you can't go back. You know, we don't have access to some of the older things, or it costs more money. So he probably got a little uh, raw deal on that one, and I kind of wanted to pick. I wanted to pick one that people would be surprised by for the photo. So he's certainly not one of the top people, but we didn't have access to like a Joe Barry Carroll good photo. We just didn't. We didn't have access to you know some of the ones that would have been really great. Even A C Law, I couldn't get A C Law. So I
0: thought uh, I thought Joe Barry Carroll would be higher.
2: Yeah, I mean I, I could I have put. On, him, yeah, years. Yeah, the years change it too. You know, you don't. You know, it's like it's so long ago. Uh, but. It, Beatrice, I, I put him in there just kind of for the goofiness of it, and just to surprise people a little bit that that's. And it was a good picture, kind of made you feel like it's a little bit of the old days and it's a little bit of the new days. So I so apologize, Andres, for many things. That being one of them.
3: Pat McCaw and Omri Casby catching strays and oh, I yeah. I, know, all
0: right, I was I was going to ask you, Slater, mm-hmm. who from the post dynasty era is going to make this list in five years?
3: Oh man! So we're talking about, like right basically now,
0: basically this season, yeah, this yeah. season and forward.
3: Um, I mean, they just traded the roster that you know. We, I guess, I mean, the D'Angelo Russell yeah, era. he would have been the one,
0: yeah. Uh you know, I'm thinking Jacob Evans. He's going to be that pick. He's going to be the, the. But he was the 28th overall yeah. pick. You, you want to know? You
3: want to know my answer? The first round pick that we're about to see. You Because know, that person's <laughs> going to come in with expectations that may not meet their talent because we talk about how weak a draft it is. Maybe it's a guy that should have been the 13th overall pick that goes second overall to the Warriors and then suddenly they become a Dunleavy type, right? Mike Dunleavy. Yep. The reason why yep. Mike Dunleavy on this list is because Mike Dunleavy went third overall. Yep. Otherwise, he's just like a whatever character.
2: Uh, you know who it might be too? Andrew Wiggins. Oh, just, yes. like, yeah, Yeah, he just Good. sit in there as a possible cuz you're not going to hit. He'd be on the Timberwolves yeah. list, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean that's what I say. Can you the, the way the Timberwolves were so excited to get rid of him, certainly the fans were. That well, the contract. Turn, that, yeah, yeah, the that contract. could happen. Yeah, that could happen here. I mean, you know, a little bit of a passionless persona, a little, you know, he's not that guy that fans
0: feel
3: like He's not going
0: on. to win fans over with his personality no, he's or not. He's, not gonna, he's the, he does not have the clay gene.
3: They've crafted the move and, like, I don't know, PR'd the move very well, though, you know, and like they're really pumping it as, like, we're not, he's not coming in to be a star. He's not coming in to be Steph's heir apparent because of his age. He is a role playing small forward. Forget about the price tag. He is a, he's Harrison Barnes essentially. Not yep. as a player, but just you know, obviously well, they impact. didn't. They
2: didn't love Harrison Barnes
3: very much. Either. No, no. Where you're correct is if they have a playoff series
2: and the, and he just kind of disappears. Yes, that would be it. That would be it. You know, and and they're looking for help and they're boxing one in with Steph and he's getting three wide open shots a half and clank 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 and misses some free throws. Uh, it could be Wiggins. He could play great too. You know, and Draymond I don't know, but... is just like you know, just erupting yep. at him to like yes, yes. getting a defensive stance or something. Yes, I, I would say Wiggins and the draft pick would be the two best candidates for a potential problem down the road. But they also could be the two reasons why the Warriors are good. So you know, the difference between being the eighth seed and being the third seed.
0: Yeah, which one's more likely though? <laughs> yeah, eighth
2: a, a, a seed would be, fun,
0: would, would be the most likely.
2: But you know, it's just never going to be on Steph, Clay, or Draymond. And it was shouldn't. Russell.
0: I mean, D Russell was was Delo here enough to warrant it? No,
2: no, no, yeah. no. I mean, what four months, five months? It's it's not enough oh, of a
3: relevant basketball too, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, like you yeah. know, he, if he's here, or he's not. They're not going to be good this year. So he never like he didn't
2: like you know mess up a playoff series for them. And it didn't it didn't cost them anything. You know, I mean, the whole Durant thing was just them flipping around. I just don't. I can see Warriors fans irritated watching him a little bit, but it wasn't
0: like anything was on the line. He
3: would have been a supreme candidate if they kept him around, but yes, he's not yes. around.
0: <laughs> he would have been likely. Huh? <laughs> yep. They would have came for him. All right, fellas, uh, we got a game for next week? Uh, to oh, yeah, we you do. Know. That's right. Yep.
3: Yep. I, I, um, I suggested like one. one. You like yep, it? I like okay, it. good. Yep. Spurs yep. 2017. Game Ra- one. We- game one, West Finals. I think the Spurs get up by 20-plus. 23. Uh, 23. 23, okay.
2: And and should, we get the, Z- should we get Zaza Pachulia as a guest for that
3: show? He'd say, oh, I'd love to come <laughs> on the podcast. What are we talking about? And you yeah. tell him that game, and that's like literally the only thing that would make him not come on the podcast. Just yeah. tell
0: him we're going to talk about the 2017 playoffs. Yeah. <laughs> even, even then, he might
2: suspect. He might suspect. I don't think Zaza is a guy that shies away from a conversation. He didn't like, the, he didn't like that no, one. No, like hey, we,
3: we don't need to yeah. spoil the topic next week, but, yeah, he that, that actually was really bothering him at the time. I'm going to try anyway. Let's do it. All right.
0: All right, we're out of here.